Steve. Uh, that is Chumba Wumba. One of Steve's faves, right? Bumba Wumba. Bumba Wumba, right? <laughs> now, question is, yeah. what's going on with the government and what have they got right this week? Um, uh, I need notice of the second part of that question. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, we, we, we can we can have a chuckle and frankly, I think we should because the situation is so bad. Mm. So this is the government. Remember their names because you won't remember them in 10 years time. They will be dust. But anyway, while they're still here, the, the Waxworks and the CNO, the chief executive in name only, apparently are still doing the job. Meanwhile, what she's do we... She's still hanging in there, She's isn't it? still there. She's still there. God knows. Is this her chance to recover it? Well, if it is, she's, she's giving every indication that, as ever, no opportunity too big to miss. I mean, this would be, this would be, in a sense, you know, a crisis is the time to turn things around. Mm. That, that's, mm. um, uh, you know, the classic example of this in, in, in living memory is... Um, the uh, invasion of the Falkland Islands by Argentina back sure. in the early 1890s when, you know, Thatcher was at a low point in her government. 1980s, probably, yeah. What did I say? Did I say <laughs> 1990s? Sorry. 1890s. You're, you're quite right. Oh, the 1890s! <laughs> well, you know, shuffle around the fingers and you get the right number. <laughs> Keep shuffling. So um, it, right, but but it my, my, my point is, mm. you know, is, you know, given the moment, given the person, and, you know, given the moment now where we have a crisis, which we already know is worse than the SARS crisis, the the death toll in, in China on the mainland is over 100. number of those affected is, is over 7,000 already, far in excess of the SARS crisis. So what do you see over at Muppet Central in Tamar? Hmm, we're waiting for orders. Hmm. And this seems to be, you know, exactly what everybody has always suspected is that they're too frightened to to sneeze without uh, authorization from Beijing. Maybe sneeze is not the thing we want to talk about mm. right mm. now. Although I can tell the listener that you can't get contagion over the radio waves. This is a proven <laughs> medical fact. So, you know, in the early stages, because... The Communist Party hadn't decided that this was a crisis. Remember, this is all... Uh, uh, we can forget the niceties of saying, oh, the Chinese authorities. No, no, the Communist Party, the people who actually run China, had not concluded that they were ready to tell the people what was going on. They mm. still haven't concluded that. Remember, this is a virus on which there were early signs of its presence in December. This is this is a time when people were being called in for questioning by the Wuhan police for spreading un, un what, was it, what was it unfounded rumours, mm. which all of which turned out to be absolutely true, giving warning that there was this new strain of influenza <coughs> that could be well could be well um, fatal. One of the people who was called in by the police was a doctor who, unfortunately, is now seriously ill. In hospital, he was an early um, an early medical specialist dealing with this, who thought that it might be a good idea to tell the people who were likely to be affected mm. that there was this danger. So you know, while all of this is going on over here in Muppet Central at uh, so-called government headquarters, they're just you know they wouldn't issue a travel advisory. 
can you believe this? They wouldn't issue a travel advisory to, to warn people not to go to Wuhan. And then when it comes to closing the border, limiting access to Hong Kong, mm. something which incidentally inside the mainland itself, cities just got on with it. Just did it themselves, right? They just did it themselves. Mm. Here, they are so... Either they're totally stupid, indeed a possibility, or totally petrified of not being wanting to be accused by the authorities of Beijing of acting on their own initiative, because that isn't in their playbook. So they wait and they wait. People are getting increasingly angry. The people have been way ahead of the government in this one, as ever. And what I take as very significant is what happened in Fanling. So in Fanling, the government decides that over there in, in the Faiming estate, they're going to establish a quarantine centre. This is a new uh, new build, doesn't have any people in it, but it's right next to... This is in the middle of, right? Yeah, right next to heavily populated housing estates. Of course, it's populated by people who we don't know in Central, you know, in Fanling, who are they there? The great unwashed. I mean, this is their kind of attitude, you know. It may be that in terms of medical containment, it was possible to achieve this, i.e. put a quarantine centre in the middle of a heavily, <laughs> densely... <laughs> really populated yes. housing mm. estate it is possible i don't know the science of it but i do know that anybody who had half a brain and honestly mm. i excuse anybody in the government of having half a brain but anyone with half a brain might have said oh this doesn't look too is this really a good idea are you sure they are such a bunch of muppets they just didn't see it it took people these wild, irresponsible people literally rioting on the streets to stopping that happen. And now they're saying, oh, well, well we, we, we never... Well, well, when we said quarantine said we thought it might be a sort of rest place for medical stuff. No, you didn't, you lying scumbags. You thought that because it was a lower-class area, you know, working-class area, it didn't matter. That's what you thought. Incidentally, there's a brilliant... Anybody who hasn't seen it, I recommend it. And I very rarely recommend anything in the South China Morning Post, but there's a brilliant Harry cartoon. <laughs> he does some great ones. Of yesterday. Okay. Where he, he has uh, an official going to see the CNO. And he says, what we're really looking for is a large, not very occupied house in its own grounds. <laughs> can you think of anything that might fit that bill? <laughs> uh, he's, mm. he's, he's very good. I recommend we'll it to. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. So is so, everybody is everybody just saying yes to everything? You know, this is the problem. We just got. Well, I it. think the problem is that, that that I wish they had something to say yes to. I mean, mm. you know, when it comes to specific proposals, and the specific proposal on the table, which may well cause a medical strike next week because people are so het up about it, but the specific proposal on the table is to ban mainlanders for a period of time from coming in. So Carrie Lamb, in her normal way, while she's humbly listening, remember humbly listening? Mm. Oh, my God, we've heard that far too many times. While she's humbly listening, she, she humbly didn't listen to what people were saying. She said, oh, well, mm, this proposal to close the border oh, is very, you know, technical problems, you know, farms to fill in. But no, no, the, the, the suggestion wasn't to close the border. It was to stop mainlanders coming in. Of course, you've got to let... The tens people of thousands, here, probably yeah. hundreds of thousands mm. Mm. of Hong Kong people who went across the border for the Chinese New Year celebrations to come back. Of course you've got to do that. Nobody's seriously suggesting that you don't do that. 
with proper medical checks, mm. which the more we hear about the regime shows that so many people have come across the board and said, oh, really? Well, they're checked. I, I didn't see any sign of it. You know, you can fill in a form, um, which if you come from Wuhan, you're not going to write on the form that you come from Wuhan. I'm sorry. I just don't You're just think not, are you? Just you're not, not because mm-hmm. you're not going to mm-hmm. get through the border. So um, I'm now going to make a cough. Don't be alarmed. <coughs> sorry. Um, so you have this situation where there is such anger and such frustration the idea that the government would use this as an opportunity, re-establish its credibility. Mind you, the word re-establish is already pejorative. It suggests that there was a credibility to be established. But anyway... We'll, we'll, it's we'll, a chance. It's a chance. It's an opportunity, possibly. Mm. It so isn't happening. And I think this is why you get what you get. Panic over shortage of masks. Apparently, in some areas, panic over basic food supplies, uh, supermarket shelves being cleared. But let's look at the mass situation. Here is, in any semi-competent government, an opportunity to prove their worth. Mm-hmm. Number one, you, you send out your minions, of whom, remember, this government has literally tens of thousands. You send them out, maybe not to the mainland, because, you know, sometimes carry, there are other places to go and find new sources. Secondly, you invoke something called the Reserved Goods Ordinance, which is on the statute books. You don't have to go to LegCo and get it um, <coughs> signed up there. What does that do? And the Reserved Goods Ordinance can designate certain goods as being, um, I'll call it vital supplies, but they, mm. they actually call them reserved goods. That means you can put price controls on them. That means that you can control the supply of them. Once you've done this, what you do is you, you look at priorities. You go to the medical services and you say, we want to make 101% sure that all medical staff who are dealing with this crisis are properly supplied with the right protective gear. As you know, a lot of people in the public hospitals are saying that the masks that they've been mm. supplied with don't conform with WHO, World Health Organization standards. So maybe for once, could you, Muppetsville, just listen to what medical experts say? They're there on the front lines. You're sitting in your... Well, actually, they're not sitting in their offices because they're all on leave. At home. Yeah. Incidentally, civil servants working at home. <laughs> I know, I love I mean, that. you know, I mean, excuse me. I know there's a cheap joke to be made and perhaps I won't make it, but civil servants working at home. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. anyway. So you've got all these civil servants <coughs> working at home at the moment. You've got these people on the front lines who are worried that they have protective gear that isn't up to the job. You've got ordinary citizens queuing outside pharmacies and, and any other place that sells masks not being able to get supplies. So as I say, if you had a government that was worth its socks, it would look, it would be now sending officials around the world or even looking on the interweb, which apparently is a means of communication. It's Who new. Knew? Who knew? I, I was there first, but other people may have heard of it. And you find other sources of supply. They, they incidentally get some of their supplies from prison labour in Hong Kong. You could step that up. You could say, mm. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing that as our number one production uh, priority. There are alternatives. But this mob... And, you know, while... Why, while is it, why is it they're not doing that? 
I just it's, think isn't it just, obvious? They're just so not up to the job. I think you know the the, the problem is the morale in the lower echelons mm. of the civil service reflects the incompetence at the top. There is no leadership. I mean, the Sino, poor old Mrs. What's her name. Um, um, spends the early part of this crisis in Davos holding important meetings with the Prime Minister of Luxembourg being interviewed in a sort of bizarre interview in CNN and what have mm, you mm. and saying, oh, you know, I was, in, I was in touch by telephone. Luxembourg? Yes, yes, she did see the Prime Minister. Did Useful. you miss that? I missed that particular bit. Oh, but, uh... get, get on the job! <laughs> Call yourself a radio presenter. <laughs> anyway, so, so, you know, I mean, what she just doesn't understand is presence is nine-tenths mm, of sure. the job. Just be here. <laughs> Just be here. Well, in her case, maybe it doesn't matter. But, you know, anybody who was actually a leader would say, oh, my God, there's an enormous crisis brewing mm. up on my doorstep. I'm going home. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the face of dealing with it. Well, it would give her more impact even at Davos, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, you know, you know. I think the less you see, the more you get um, in her case. But, but I mean, the fact of the matter is that for, for the early crucial first period, she was simply off the premises. Mm. And apparently and she, she's going, oh, I booked the ticket. Look, it says book ticket. It says, it says look, look, if you look at the ticket very carefully, it says, I don't come back until the whatever the date was. You know, uh, uh, instead of, um, I mean, I'm just trying to think. The level of stupidity at which this is being operated, instead of actually saying, on a plane tonight, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be, you know... Is it something to do with that that civil service background, that sort of procedural, bureaucratic yeah. way I've of got, doing I've got things? five days leave, it's, not one less. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. going to set it out, <coughs> and we're going to make yes. the plan, and we're not going yes, to change we're it. we change the plan. Well, mm. you can't change the plan. Because mm. there's more film forms to be filled in. You see, then you've got forms to be filled in, then you've got to explain, oh, my God, let's not do that. Instead of saying, let's respond, mm. the first response is, which form do I have to fill in, not let's respond. So there you go. I mean, you've, you've got a leader who won't lead. Well, that's actually not new information, you know. In, in, in the last half year, it's over half a year now of protests, the government has, has delegated out its responsibility to the police force. What we're seeing now is the government saying, oh, well, you know, we don't really need to do anything. Well, we've got lots of nurses and doctors. Yeah, yeah, let, 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 let them deal with it. They, they, it's their they, problem. Mm. You know, mm. it's, their, it's not their problem. They're at the front line. That's a slightly different, mm. Mm. brackets, very big difference. Hold that thought. We'll be back with Stephen in a moment. I'm the head. There's a girl right next to you. And she just waits in. Something to do, and there's a rose in the blistered blood, and the evil mind with the gun. And if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you with, love the one you with. 
you like a bit of uh, Hammond organ, don't you? Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> That's your era, it's Stephen yeah. Stills, right? <laughs> yeah. Love the one you're with, huh? Mm. They're electric, you know. They're, know. Did you know that? Do you know Dylan did that? He brought the electric guitar on stage. Uh, he brought a new revolution. Disgrace. Uh, uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Irons is with us on a Thursday evening. Uh, Thursday evening? Thursday morning, as it ever. Is. Maybe it Thursday is. It is Thursday morning, ever. yeah. Now, China. Mm, yeah. What's the impact? Because well, one thing I've noticed is that you know we, we see this terrible number of um, deaths going up, and I think it's 170 now, which is awful. Um, but somebody the other day in Hong Kong was predicting 44,000. That was Gabriel so, Leung, who, who, who's, you know... So the question the, is, are we being drip-fed a number which is just going up? And, you know, it's, it's actually doesn't bear any resi- um, reaction to, relation rather, to uh, the actual number. Yeah. It's just going from, um, from this number to this number because they've got to do it slowly. Well, is it a conspiracy the answer theory? is, who, who in their right mind is going to trust a statistic that comes out of the PRC. I mean, you don't even trust their gross national product figures, let alone these life and death figures, which they are literally life and death figures. So <coughs> maybe that total is is correct. I mean, the 44,000 that, that mm. you've just um, talked about is um, a, a prediction of where we're heading with the current rate of increase. Mm. I mean, that's an extraordinary Extraordinary, figure. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I said uh, something, I think, this morning. I said some, Somebody said it could be as much as 100,000. Well, I mean, it, you, you know, it, this is the point at which, and I think people have, have got it, this is the point at which, you know, human beings, i.e. medical science, can make a difference. You know, if you can find, A, uh, uh, something to cure the virus, I mean, that that's a tall order. These things do not get developed overnight. But so the current problem of course is mobilization of resources so in china i mean they're they're yelling and screaming and if you read uh, my favorite newspaper the china daily you'll see the chinese miracle of of building a hospital this sort of hospital in a week wuhan well you know i'm sorry to tell you boys but actually world health oh sorry um, medecins sans frontieres in much more dire circumstances does this every month of the year Mm. it's not that amazing i'm Mm. sorry i I can't be that impressed by that i mean you know good luck to them i hope they do that i hope they have the right medical facilities but for goodness sake you know don't get your knickers into a twist this is not a world-breaking achievement what is also not a world-breaking achievement is not telling citizens what's going on i mean citizens were of course lied to in the early stages nothing new there as it's as the government has now actually admitted that <coughs> this is a severe crisis and e- even the big boss himself xi jinping has has um, spoken about how all resources needed to be mobilized maybe things will be better but you know when you actually see what happens you see premier li keqiang going to wuhan and literally standing in front of medical people who i thought had something better to do yelling when i say yelling i'm not this is no hyperbole yelling slogans at them and getting them to yell slogans back at him you're saying is this really Mm. i mean the Mm. idea that you should you should take so many people off their normal duties in the middle of a crisis to to stand there Mm. Mm. to yell slogans Mm. back at uh, Li Keqiang when he was yelling slogans at them is already i think dubious so you know they cannot shed the old, well, not the old, their current ways of doing things, you know, which is, um, you know, many, many slogans, many, many um, 
attempts at uh, controlling public response and rather less priority being given to the actual job Mm. of controlling the virus, isolating, providing treatment, providing adequate quarantine, providing face masks, i.e. preventative uh, measures. I mean, this is this is what you need in a crisis like this. Now, to some extent, that is happening. The, the authorities need to have credit for that. And to a large extent, it isn't happening. And what's interesting <coughs> is that even on China's tightly state-controlled um, uh, internet, in Weibo, in, in WeChat, you are actually seeing coming through criticism <coughs> in some volume of the way that the authorities have been handling this. Now, that's unusual. It is unusual. I think that the party has decided that, you know, the anger, frustration and fear has reached a level where they've got to... They've got to have an outlet. They've got, yes, the safety mm. valve have mm. to, has to mm. be opened ever so mm. slightly. Now, the problem with opening it slightly is you just don't know... What's going to come. ...how, how, how mm. far it will go. What you do know is how the Communist Party does these things. And what you do know is there'll be a whole ream of sackings of cadres and officials from Hebei there province. Even, there even seemed to be some push-pull at the top between Li Keqiang and... Uh, the President mayor of Xi. Wuhan. For well, well, and the mayor of Wuhan who said, mm. you know, one of the reasons why we didn't get this information out is that new rules from the centre are so, so bureaucratic and so difficult that, that, you know, we couldn't release them because... Uh, we had to, to get the census approval for this. I mean, that's probably true. Mm. I mean, the fact that the mayor of Wuhan, who incidentally is a dead man walking, I mean, he ain't going to be in his job at the end of the year. Well, that, that's mm. a prediction I can make without any fear of um, what's it. Um, the fact that he does it nonetheless does show you that, that even people who are solidly in the ranks of the party second tier of leadership of course if you're the mayor of Wuhan mm. it's a very big mm. job because it's mm. such a big city mm. but somebody like that who knows I presume that he's going to be fired and instead of going quietly has said <coughs> as I go out the door I am slamming it mm. Mm. he's really making a fuss isn't he yeah um, well I see he's been shut down now but but you know the fact that he even he, he was even allowed to make a fuss is interesting so I think there's an enormous crisis of government there as well. I mean, the Muppets here, we, we, we were talking about before the break. I mean, you know, how, how low is low? I'm not quite sure in terms of credibility, but it, 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 it's, <coughs> it's moving between the lowest point. I wonder how in the long term this is going to affect the credibility of Xi Jinping. I think this yeah. is a very big question. Because he seemed to be getting involved Well, I don't think he much has more, any, any right. option. I no. mean, you're the leader of a country which is hit by this crisis. So you have the medical crisis. You will then have, and everybody is saying this because it's inevitably true, you will then have the economic crisis. Economic growth will be hit very seriously by this. You can't shut down most of the country and still enjoy the same level of economic production and all the rest of it cannot be done. It's physically impossible. Then if the predictions, you know, the numbers we were talking about, be it 44,000, 100,000 are true, this is a medical crisis. The, the, that's not deaths, I hasten to add. That is people mm. infected. Hopefully that won't resolve in, in, in deaths in these horrendous numbers. But, you know, that is a horrendous medical crisis. Do they have the wherewithal? to cope with that not sure absolutely not sure 
Jury's out, huh? Look, yeah. um, why the don't only we... thing that hasn't changed, on a mm. lighter note, the only thing, is they, they've shut down the high-speed train. So it's gone from having six passengers to none. Well, yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back with Steve in just a moment. <laughs> this is real. Jax Jones and Ella Henderson, this is real. The mask band. That's also real. I mean, can you believe it? She's wearing it? a mask on TV now, right? Yeah, well, they all were. Mm. So all the waxworks were, were lined up at the last press conference mm. because they've now had the go-ahead from the bosses to declare that there is something serious. Remember, only yesterday did they actually get to that level. Mm. God help us. Anyway, um, um, I mean, this is staggering. The government is still pursuing its appeal in the High Court to remove the face mask ban. Mm. Now, I saw some deluded idiot write a piece about, oh, you, you know, this is typical, you know, irresponsible talk. You know, uh, 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 that ban obviously doesn't apply to medical circumstances. It doesn't say that. Mm. It doesn't say that. You see, the problem with the use of emergency powers, which have been evoked to impose the mask ban in the first place, is that they're all-encompassing and they're arbitrary. So you can suddenly decide. I mean, in your case, I think it would be all right. You know, uh, Mr. James is wearing a um, is wearing a face mask. I know what he's up to. <laughs> but you, but you know, they have that power. Mm. I mean, it mm. is astonishing that even symbolically, it doesn't occur to them that this might be the time to say. I tell you what, we won't carry on going to court to stop people wearing face masks. Their point is, of course, that they're trying to prove that this ordinance could be used for other things. Yes, and and the point is that, you know, although obviously it is aimed at protesters, but because it's arbitrary and because it's an unlimited power, it can be aimed at anyone. So if you get 100 people in a gathering, it might be a concert, it might be a school assembly, and they're all wearing face masks, you could say, I tell you what, We'll have them. Mm. So, anyway, I mean, staggeringly, they can't even bring themselves not to carry... I know there's two negatives there, not to carry on with the appeal. Yeah. But you would have thought that, again, somebody somewhere <laughs> over at Muppet Central would say... I tell you what, maybe this isn't, but isn't a good this idea. Rem reminiscent of the dragging on of the, you know, insistence on the extradition bill, which went on for months yes, and months and months, yes. didn't it? Before that's she right. Finally so, gave it so up. we 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 had in June, just in case anyone's forgotten, in June, and they said they're suspending it, and all the protesters said, nah, nah, that's not good enough. It took from June to September, which, by my calculation, is more than a few months, to actually say, uh, we'll have it withdrawn. Not that there was a mistake, still very needed, incidentally, vitally needed, but, you know, we're drawing it. I mean, you know, this is, this is where we are with this shower. Now, 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday yes. is uh, midnight in, on Friday night in the UK, which means that the UK is coming out of Europe. It is uh, the It Brexit. is happening, yes. Mm. Mm. As Boris Johnson would say, wah, wah, wah. Ah, it's our liberation. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, uh, and then say something in Latin, which I don't do. So, sorry, I can't oblige the listener with that. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, for those of us who are British, who kind of like the fact that we were part of the world's most powerful community, a community that actually did things, mm. a union that, that, that gave enormous trade, political diplomatic, whatever you want to call it, clout in the world. Britain, again, is going to be a little offshore island. 
and hmm, um, hmm, hmm. <coughs> you know they have these illusions of grandeur over there at number ten Downing Street that Britain will be punching above its weight. You know, will we trolling off to the United Nations and making fine speeches about well, I don't know what actually We're about out there. something. Yeah, um, you know, trade deals will be signed with some of the biggest powers in the world. I know Britain's got a trade deal with Swaziland, but I'm just thinking that might not be a substitute for the enormous volume of trade that flows between Britain and the rest of Europe. You know, they're waiting on that very reliable and very, very easy to negotiate person in the White House to, to, to bring forward the greatest ever trade deal ever, ever, ever hyperbolid before. So, you know, I, all I can say is that, you know, when, when concerned people from Britain say to me, oh, you're living in Hong Kong, isn't that a bit dodgy at the moment? I say, where are you living, mate? <laughs> it almost doesn't matter where you are. <coughs> yeah, I mean, these days, I mean, I, I, you know, I, mm. I, I don't live in Britain anymore, but obviously I still have feelings for the country. I think this is a humongous mistake. I guess I there don't is think quite anything a, good will come out of it. There, I mean, the state of bleeding, obviously, there is quite a division, isn't there, between uh, um, Brits abroad and, and Brits at home. It's pretty clear, normally, I think, uh, of Brits abroad. Yeah, although I've, I've met quite a lot of people here who who, 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 who say what a marvellous thing it is, and uh, I notice they're not rushing back to take advantage of it. Hmm. Was no, you know, follow the money. Hmm. Yeah, all these people who say, yeah, very good thing, very good thing. You know, Do we chats. have an indi any indication... What's going to happen on Saturday morning at eight? Anything? Probably nothing. I mean, you you know, I mean, two things which are, are, are widely lied about. First of all, e even in terms of travel documents, you'll still be able to use your British passport in in a European mm. uh, um, travel line in within the EU membership countries until the end of the year. And in terms of trade, of course. So does that mean we we get new passports? Yes, yes, oh. yes. Produced in France. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> the red British passport that Nigel Farage, the leader of the Brexit Party, got so excited about was actually produced in Britain. The new ones, the new blue passports, for those who get mm. excited about these sorts of that things, in are going to be produced in France. So there you go. <laughs> Part of our liberation, no doubt. Good thing. But Does I mean, it... but I think that the real thing, which will become more and more in people's consciousness, is the fact that... that Merely exiting the European Union on Saturday, as you say, doesn't actually mean that the rest of the negotiations are done. Far from it. Mm. The actual tough stuff ain't been not even started. Really, been started, it? Mm. and that mm. it refers to political union. It refers to economic, you know, the economic arrangements, not not the headlines. I mean, there's details to be had here. And the government seems to be at complete sixes and sevens. You know, you've got the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Savid Javid, saying, you know, we're certainly we're going to be under our new freedom. We don't need to comply with European regulations. And there's all these people in the manufacturing industry saying, what? What? Wow. This is ridiculous. He says, well, when I said we don't need to comply, what I meant was... Um, but what's going to happen? Gobble, gobble. There's, uh, there's many laws, aren't there, that are, that are covered by European um, regulations, and what's, what's happening to all of those? Are they? Well, just, that's that's the question. Are they just thrown out the window? Well, that's the question. We don't mm. know. Mm. We don't know. I mean, the Chancellor of the Exchequer seemed to indicate that they would be, 
um, number 10 Downing Street, realising the, the furore that that statement caused, instantly backpedalled. Someone, no doubt, will forepedal in, in the weeks ahead. Someone will backpedal. We don't know any of these things. I mean, this is the great uncertainty. You have a, a four decades long union. You scrap it without a clear plan of, of a, a clear path of travel. It's a very, very risky, dangerous thing to do. I'm amazed that so many people are in favour of it, but they are, and they're entitled to be. I mean, that's how the system works. If people voted for this, and no doubt they should be allowed to have what they voted for. I don't quibble with that. I was reading something yesterday that Nigel Farage says, well, in good time we can have another referendum. <laughs> well, Nigel Farage has one very overwhelming objective in life, which is Nigel Farage. Mm. And, you know, I think what he fears about Brexit most is that he will fade from the He's limelight. got nothing to do anymore. He'll got, he, he won't be, you know, people won't go to him and say, Nigel, what do you think about He's this? got a radio show. He has, he's got mm. a radio show, and, and there's nothing more important than radio shows. Can I just Absolutely. put that on the record in case anybody's missed that? He's on uh, LBC, the London-based uh, talk radio programme. Mm. Mm. Um, he, he goes to America he a had, lot. Um, a, few, <coughs> a few months ago, he had President Trump Yes, on. yes, he just called him up. Yeah. Yeah, Lunatic Speaks to Lunatic. It was quite interesting. Apparently, I didn't listen to it, to be mm. honest. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, that, that his radio show, maybe, you know, that, that, that should be his destiny in life. It's more entertaining. It's more entertaining, and he can say um, ridiculous and absurd things. People say that on the radio. Not not RTHK, I'm talking about other radio stations. We don't say ridiculous Nothing. Things. I mean, what are you, you talking about? You have sober, sober people in the studio. I can think of a name that uh, comes to mind readily on that front who oh no no I, I, modesty modesty prevents <laughs> i mean all of this though you know looking around the world at the current state of play and you know just very quickly i guess does it does it sum up the fact that nobody in government has a clue what they're doing well i mean i, I think that might be a bit a bit sweeping but i mean you know there is a democratic and there is a leadership deficit if you look around the world mm. i mean mm. it is interesting that the sort of shining beacons of competence and good governments for example in new zealand at the moment mm. um i'm trying to think of another example and i will certainly come up with one um very quickly in there are the one course. or two right there are mm. one or two mm. you know they don't seem to be in the real powerhouse mm. countries that matter you know um, the United States, apparently there's some debate about the competence of, of the current leadership in the White House. I don't know where that came from. It's almost <laughs> certainly false news, fake news. And we'll see how that happens. Yeah, and we're, we're looking out. for someone here, obviously. <coughs> here, uh, there, there, there's no danger of it. Steve Vines Ficino. Steve Vines Ficino. Yeah, yeah. I, I have put my name in the ring and I'm waiting for the call from Beijing. Thank you, sir. See you next week.